We appreciate having a family service like this. Um, it's rare that we do it, but every time we do, uh, it's always just wonderful to see how the kids respond and how they, uh, how they serve in various capacities and bless, uh, bless our church. They're very much a part of our church. As Dave mentioned the passage from Matthew 18, it is children whom Jesus says the kingdom of God is designed for. And so when we gather as a family for a family service, uh, we're doing something that uh, I know the Lord Jesus would be pleased to do. Uh, we, we separate enough, you know. We, uh, we separate off as adults and as kids and youth. We, we do that all the time. But it's good to gather as one body and, and come together to, uh, to worship our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we also have children who are passing out uh, the bulletin uh, handouts today. We're going to get one per person today. So thank you, Nate and Cami and others who are passing those out. Uh, we'll make sure that everyone gets one. And those of you who have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. That's where we'll be beginning in verse 24. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 24. And let's all stand. They can continue handing it out. Let's all stand together as I read this portion of Scripture today. Let's all stand and read from Luke chapter 22, verses 24 to 30. Luke 22, verse 24. Now there was also a dispute among the disciples as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, that is Jesus, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I, Jesus says, I am the one among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And so I bestow a kingdom, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You may be seated. All right, does everybody have a handout? Okay, good. Well, uh, kids, uh, come on up here for just a second. Children, come on up. Everybody gather and you can sit right here in the front couple rows. Gather right here to the front couple rows. You can bring your hand out if you've got it. If you don't, that's okay. You can go back and get one. Have a seat right in front of me, right down here. There we go. Right there. Right here. Perfect. I have a job for you kids. And, and uh, Miss Kim in the back, we've got our, uh, we've got our special uh, crayons, correct? Okay, great, good. All right, kids. Listen up. I've got a job for you. We've got all the adults out here, but as you will know, they're not as smart as you are. And so we're going to need to teach them something because all these adults out here, they, they haven't, 
they haven't been in school for a long time. Well, that's not true. Pastor Tom, he's been in school for a very long time. But most of these adults, most of these men and women out here, they have not been to school like you've been to school. And so they need a little coaching. They need a little help. And so kids, I've got a job for you. Most of you have a handout. If you don't, don't worry, you'll get one. But if you open it up to the front page, you're going to see on this left-hand side a little job. And it says this, kids... Draw a picture of one of the greatest persons in the history of the world. No, you can't pick Jesus. And then it says, what did they do that was so great? Draw that too. You can go ahead and spread them out. And so kids, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think. You've been in school. Some of you have been in school. Some of you preschool all the way up to sixth grade. You know of all these different people of history. Maybe a president, maybe a musician, maybe a great thinker, maybe a war hero, maybe an athlete. I don't know who it's going to be, but a, or maybe a president, yes. But there's someone in history, not Jesus, you can't pick him, that's cheating. There's someone in history who you think is great, who you think is amazing, who you think is important. And I want you, right over here, to draw that person, and and I want you to draw the great thing that they did. Draw something that they were doing that was magnificent, that was wonderful and so important. Now, real quickly, we've got little crayons for you to grab. I want each of you just to grab three. How many? Three. Go ahead and grab three crayons. And go ahead and draw the greatest person of history that you can think of. Go ahead, kids. That's your job. Somebody left their Bible up here. Who is it? Who left their Bible? Anybody? Okay, now you can go back to your seat. Go back to your seat while you draw. You can go. Oh, perfect. Per- I like those colors, Lincoln. Okay, now take it back to your seat. You too, Sam. You've got to go back. I'm sorry. You can't stay up here. Okay, I'm going to count to ten. You've got to pick your crayons by then. Ready? One. Two. Back to your seat, Drea. Back to your seat, Jake, DJ. Hey, you guys can go back to your seat, okay? Head right back to your parents. Three, four, five. Back to your seat, Isaiah. Go back and sit by your mom and dad. Draw the greatest person in history that you can think of. All right. Thank you, kids. Well, men and women, those of you who have not been in school for a while, let's take a look at Luke 22, verse 24 again. Jesus said, uh, Luke narrates in verse 24. Listen to what he says in Luke 20, 22, 24. He says this, Now there was also a dispute among the disciples as to which of them should be considered the greatest. This is not the first time that the disciples have argued about this question. In fact, uh, it happened earlier in Luke, Luke chapter 9, verse 46. The exact same argument arose in the minds of the disciples. Perhaps more troubling, though, than the argument itself is the timing, the timing of the argument. For it comes on the heels of of Jesus telling his disciples about his impending betrayal and impending death. 
If you look back just three verses prior to verse 21, it's listed right there on your, on your note sheet. This is what happened just prior to this debate. Look at verse 21. Jesus, having, having participated in the Passover meal, the Lord's Supper with his disciples, he said this, but behold, the hand of my betrayer, Judas, is with me on the table. And truly, the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Then the disciples began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing, who would betray him. Jesus makes it known that one of the twelve, one of the twelve, was a traitor. And the disciples are shocked. They're completely taken off guard. They did not suspect this in the least. They had no idea there was a traitor in their midst. And so they began to dialogue. They began to wonder, who is it? Which one of us will betray Jesus? It's kind of easy, right, to, to see how that conversation might ensue, especially between 12 men. Who is it? Who's going to betray him? Is it you? Me? What do you mean, me? It's not me. I think it's you. It's not me. I'm one of his greatest followers. You know me. You know my character. You know how long I've been with Jesus. I'm one of his greatest followers. You think you're the greatest. What makes you so special? And on and on and on it goes. In fact, it's really not hard to see how verse 23 devolves to verse 24. In verse 23, they're arguing, or they're wondering, who's the traitor? Who's the traitor in our midst? Who's going to betray Jesus? And they begin to, uh, to argue and dialogue about this, and all of a sudden, verse 23 devolves into verse 24, where they're having a conversation about who's the greatest? Who's the best? The most opposite of a, a traitor or a betrayer. Now, some scholars will dispute the chronology between the two verses. I'm really not here to get into that discussion. I, quite frankly, uh, can see a very good case for it being uh, in chronological order. Conversely, Luke might be using these two stories uh, and putting them in unique positions to prove a point. But, of course, the real point is that, that Luke is making is that the disciples' priorities are backwards. The disciples' priorities are backwards. Their Lord is talking about betrayal and suffering and his death. And the disciples are men who squabble about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. A greater disconnect cannot be found. And I can imagine Jesus just waiting patiently while the quarrel ensues, quietly observing their childish dispute. The quiet look on Jesus' face elicits their shame. They've spoken many words arguing their greatness, but now it's Jesus' turn to say a few quiet words that are filled with wisdom. He does so in verse 25. And Jesus said to them, the kings, the kings of the Gentiles 
exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I, Jesus says, I am among you as the one who serves. You're acting like pagan Gentile rulers, Jesus says. The kings of the Gentiles, they're the ones who lorded over others. The kings of the Gentiles, they're the ones who like to be called euergetes or benefactor, meaning the one who does good for the people, though they do nothing of the sort. They like to be called benefactor, but they don't do what the meaning of the word says it is. And here you are, disciples, lording yourselves over one another, vying for position amidst each other, one-upping who is the greatest benefactor. The very fact of your argument demonstrates how unworthy you are to be called greatest in the kingdom. You're acting like pagan Gentile rulers, Jesus says. The way you're acting, that's how the kingdoms of the world determine power and greatness. But it's not to be like this in the kingdom of God. The way you're acting is how the world treats power and greatness. But it's not to be like that in the kingdom of God. All right, kids. How you doing on your drawing? Are you almost done? Oh, good. Listen, shh. Only if you're done. It's okay if you're not. Only if you're done. Will you quietly come up here? Only if you're done. Come on up. All right? Come on up. If you're done with your greatest person, come on up. Stand right here. Stand right here in a straight line. Straight line. I want to see who's... Okay, good. Good. All right. Let me see these. Show, hold, it, hold up your picture. I want to see these. Oh, wow. Whoa. Look at that. Look at that. Good. Stand right here, Zoe. Excellent. I'm going to ask just a few. I can't ask all of you, okay? But, I, but you, I want you to show these to your moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. So let me ask a few of you. Ronan, who is this great person that you see? Paul. You see, oh, you're showing Paul. Wow. And why was he so great? Because he preached to a lot of people about God. Wow, that's really good. Who's another great person you see? Lincoln, who do you see? The army men. The oh, army men. Wow, I agree. Those army guys are great. Lucy, what do you got? Um, President um, Lincoln. Show, show everybody. President Lincoln. Wow, that's a good one. Excellent. All right. Haley, who did you draw? Um. A magician pulling out a bunny, then the bunny jumped on his head. Whoa, a magician. They are definitely some of the greatest in the world. No doubt about it. Yes, Mr. Malapart. I, I drew God. You drew, that's kind of cheating, Mr. Malapart. I, I you're right. I technically just said Jesus. You are correct. How about the other Mr. Malapart? Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Whoa, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., definitely one of the greatest in the world. Anybody else? Rocco, who'd you draw? Um, I'm drawing, like, people that, like, be, are happy. Oh, you, you're drawing the people that are happy. Okay, one more, one more. Yeah, what do you got there, buddy? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. We had a couple Abraham Lincolns. I like that. Okay, all right, kids, have a seat real quick. Have a seat. Have a seat. No, no, right here, right here. Sorry about that. My instructions were off. Have a seat. Now listen, shh, listen. Listen to this. Kids, listen to my words for just a moment. I'm going to lean over and look at you, okay? Because I want to I check my notes, make sure I'm reading my Bible verse correctly. Kids, you have, each of you, listen, each of you have drawn someone great in the world. Listen, shh, listen. Each of you have drawn someone great from, the, from world history. And I think all of you have done an outstanding job. And you know what? The world, the world has different measures for how we measure greatness. And all of you have indicated someone that is truly great in the world. But guess what, boys and girls? Most of your pictures, okay, you're, you're drawing presidents and Martin Luther King and, and military army men. Those are very powerful, right? Those, those characters and the people that you've drawn, they're very strong. They've made major accomplishments. But guess what? While the world, listen, while the world measures greatness in terms of great, strong leadership, and those who are up on the stage like President Lincoln, or those who have, have been in the limelight like Dr. Martin Luther King and done those great things, the world looks and they always look for the one on the stage, they always look for the one that everyone can see. Everyone knew Abe Lincoln. Everyone knew Martin Luther King. Those are great men of history. But you know what, boys and girls? Jesus, Jesus has a different measure for greatness. Listen. Jesus says that greatness is not about being seen by everyone. The president seen by everyone. Dr. Martin Luther King, seen by everyone. Military, the generals of our nation, everybody knows who they are. But when Jesus talks about greatness, he talks about those who are barely ever seen or noticed. Let me read this from Matthew. Listen. Matthew 23, verse 11. Whoever wishes to be greatest in the kingdom should be servant of all. Let me say it again. Whoever wishes to be greatest in the kingdom should be servant of all. Boys and girls, when I think about those words from Jesus, a servant equals greatness. Someone who's barely seen, who no one even notices, equals greatness. Then all of a sudden I look at my picture of that great person that I've written, maybe a president, maybe a military, maybe Martin Luther King, and while those men were, were, many of them were great, I also wonder, am I missing a few who also might be great? In fact, in our church, we might think, you might think, well, let me, let me ask you this. Who is the most important, the greatest person in our church? Who's the greatest person in our church? <laughs> 
Jake got the triple whammy. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. What a great answer there, Jake. That is, you know what, Jake? You are correct. But among the people of the church, okay, who, the pastor, interesting. You, do you think it's the pastor? Who do you think it is? You, you think it's me and Pastor Tom? You think we're the greatest? Tom, Tom's excited about that. Boys and girls, I have something to share with you. Listen. Listen. When Jesus mentions greatness, this is important. He's not talking about the one on stage. He's not talking about the person who everyone sees. I thought you might say the pastor, because some people think that. But the truth is, boys and girls, Jesus measures greatness a whole lot differently. Jesus measures greatness in terms of who is serving when no one sees it. Do you know that there's people in, that, in this church who do that? In fact, I want to show you who they are. In fact, I've got something for them. I want you to give something to them. All right. Let me get, uh, let me get the Lang boys. Come up here, Ronan and, and uh, Griffin. Thank you very much. And, and, and come on up here, Sarah, another Lang. I, I, want you to give, I want you to get this. What does that say right there? Payday. Payday. It's payday time, folks. I, I have two, three of these, and I want you, guess what? You're never going to believe this. Go ahead and have a seat right here, Jenna, right here. Don't worry, you'll get to do it too. There are, uh, there are three people in this church who every Saturday, almost every Saturday, they come here when no one's here. No one's here. And they, you know what they do? They clean the entire church. They go around, they, they straighten the pews, they, they, they straighten the hymnals, they make sure that the pens are loaded just perfectly. You know who those three people are? Yeah, they, they, they make sure there's no communion cups. That's right, right there. Kit, Elsie, and Stu. Go right over there, and would you hand them a payday? Thank you so much, Kit, Elsie, and Stu. I appreciate you so much. And one for Kit. Thank you, Sarah. And you got, Elaine, kids, you can have a seat. Next up, uh, Elijah. Jenna, come here. I, I, got a, I got some payday for you. Okay, guess what? When no one's looking, Miss Estella is practicing and getting ready for the Coast Kids Choir. You're a part of that, aren't you, Elijah? You're a part of that Coast Kids Choir. Miss Estella, when no one's watching, she prepares hours and hours to get that play ready. Will you go give her a payday and you can have a seat? And Jenna, listen, listen, listen. In the very back, way back there, wave your hand, Joyce, wave your hand, Elijah, you can go with her. Way back there, she makes our sound work, she makes our slides work. Go back there and give Miss Joyce a big payday, all the way in the back, all the way to the back. You can show her, right there, you can follow Miss Katie. All right, listen, we got a few more. Uh, All the Varela and Carson kids, come over here, Varela and Carson kids. Oh, I've only got two? All right, all right, that's all right. Oh, okay, Nate. All right. Yes, I know. It's important. Come on up here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now you guys come. I see how it is. Now when it's payday time, huh? Listen, listen. We've got others in the church. You're not going to believe it. In fact, I'm going to have you go outside the church to give it to them right now. And they're, they're, they're examples of many others in this church who do this every week. Right now, there are three ladies that are serving on this in this church that no one even sees right now because they're serving the babies and the toddlers right now Maella, that's right is serving the toddlers wait wait and then jen harrison and heather clark right now would you go give them a payday and katie can you walk them out there and we'll bring it back okay we got a few others wait we got a few others let me check my notes i want to i want to see who else is payday time okay uh 
All right, ready? Uh, let's go Isaiah and Zoe and Charlotte. Come right here. Come right here. Ready? You can hold these. One for you. One for you. One for you. It's, pay, it's payday time. Listen, the reason I'm giving you three, listen, come here, Charlotte, come here, Olivia, or Zoe, come here. Listen, the reason I'm giving you three is because if I gave this person one, he would cry. He needs three. He's kind of a big guy. He's, he's, some, he's somebody that eats a lot, and he takes care of all the money in the church. He makes sure it's counted properly. He makes sure the finances are good. Go give three paydays to Dustin, Uncle Dustin right there. All right. All right. Okay, he needs three of them. He likes those. Okay, I just got a few more. Just a few more. Okay, ready? I see them. All right. Uh, let's do Eichler kids and mesh trucks. Come over here. And uh, yeah, we got one Eichler. Only one. Okay, Malapards too. Come on up. Come on up, Lincoln. Come on up, Malapards. Okay, ready? We got a few more. Listen. Now, these folks, they also deserve extra, not because uh, they're like Mr. Dustin, but just because of all they do. They get two each. Okay? One of them, one of them takes care of the entire church facility. The other one leads our fellowship. Every time we gather for meals or for desserts, she handles our fellowship. They're an amazing couple. Hank and Linda Redderson. Wave your hands, Hank and Linda. Go give them a payday. All right. Now, everybody else, come on up here and grab two. Grab two. You're going to need them. No, no, no. Go back. Thank you very much, Jake. Grab two. Grab two. Grab two. Head back, guys, to your seats now. You've already, you've already passed out your payday. Okay, last one. Here you go, Rocco. Last up, right now, would all, all of our Coast Kids teachers, all of them, please stand up right now. Coast Kids teachers, please stand up. We want to recognize you with a payday. Okay, go give them one. Go give one to each Coast Kids teacher. Go give one to each one. Go give one to your grandpa. He's right over there. I see him. All right, right there, Marley, in the back. Make sure, keep standing until you get a payday. Here, right there, she's standing right there. Here, here's another one. No, you don't need another one. Oh, my goodness. It's a mess up here. All right, we did it. Now, kids, you're all seated, but I have one more job for you. One more job for you. Kids, listen up. On your sheet, I've got someone's sheet. They'll come up and get it in just a minute. On your sheet now, I've got new instructions. On this side, I want you to draw a different kind of great person. I don't want you to draw somebody who's on the stage. I don't want, some, I don't want you to draw someone who everybody sees. I want you to draw someone who is great based on Jesus' definition of greatness. Jesus says, he who is greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. I want you kids to draw someone in this church who serves others. Maybe you gave them a candy bar, a payday, or maybe it's someone else. I want you to draw that person right here and draw them serving this church. Go ahead, kids, draw that now. Draw them serving our church. If you, if you forgot your sheet, you can come on up and get it. Is that one yours? Okay. And if you need another one, is this yours? 
Here you go, DJ. Here's another one. Perfect. All right. Thank you, kids. Go ahead and draw someone in the church who serves and is great. Well, back to our story. To Jesus speaking to the disciples. And he says to them, you're acting like pagan Gentile rulers, Jesus says. You're measuring greatness the way the kingdoms of the world measure greatness. By who's on stage? By who has the power? By who has the popularity? Or the eyes or the attention of all? Jesus says it's not like that in my kingdom. Verse 26. Not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. He who governs or rules as he who serves. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits? Yes. Yet I am among you as one who serves, Jesus says. The great one in my kingdom is like the younger, the person who shows deference and respect and honor to all, just as young children are to show honor to their elders. The great one in my kingdom, Jesus says, is not the one who governs or who leads. It's not the one on stage or on a throne, but the one who serves. In the world's economy, the great ones are wined and dined and served at tables of fine linen. Yet Jesus wrapped himself in linen and bent down to wash his disciples' feet. What kind of greatness are you aiming for? Temporary, earthly greatness? Or timeless and eternal greatness? The temporary greatness of this world comes by vying for position, one-upping your competition, achieving authority and influence at all costs, and wielding it over others. Are you going to aim for that kind of greatness? Or are you going to aim for another kind, an eternal kind, one that requires you to abandon all worldly significance? I encourage you to choose wisely. And a word of warning, because greatness in God's eyes, if you choose to achieve it, greatness in God's eyes comes with a price. Those who wish to be great in the kingdom and not in this world, it comes with a price. That price is relentless, relentless attacks of the enemy. He does not want you to seek the greatness of the kingdom of God. He wants your idea of greatness to be in the here and now. And when you do lift your eyes up and say, you know what, I want greatness in the kingdom, the enemy will do everything in his power to keep you from achieving it. He'll make you sick. He'll bring fatigue your way. 
He'll bring disease. He'll bring uh, family troubles, obstacles your way. For others, he'll entice you away from service with entertainment and fun. Sure, you've made a commitment to serve the Lord, but then the enemy will give you some great excuse to get out of service. You'll know in your heart that the excuse is, well, it's somewhat great to those who hear it, but you know it's flimsy at best. But hey, no one will know, right? One of the obstacles the enemy also sends our way is an obstacle in our mind. We begin to think, hey, no one is serving but me. No one even notices all that I do. God, how come I'm the only one out here? A battle of the mind. Here's the raw truth about that. Sometimes those statements are absolutely true. Sometimes no one is serving like you are. Sometimes no one notices your blood, sweat, and tears that you pour into the church or to other kingdom-worthy causes like Camp Allendale or Haiti or Obria, all these causes that we're so involved in as a church. Some people have no idea what you do for those kingdom-worthy causes. Some of us don't even know what cause you serve in. Service is really hard at times. Achieving greatness in the kingdom is not a goal for the faint of heart. There will be times when it's, when it's easy, when it's fun, when it's life-giving, but then there will also be times when serving the Lord is really hard and difficult and filled with trial. And that's precisely what Jesus says in verse 28. He says, but you disciples, you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And so I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You who serve, stay the course. Stay the course. You who do not serve in the church or in kingdom-worthy causes, get on board. I make you two promises. One, it will not be easy. Serving will get difficult at one point or another. But number two, those who serve well will receive a kingdom from Jesus when this life is over. That is to say, you will receive a great reward. All the time you spend waiting upon others, in the next life, you'll be the one seated at Jesus' table. You'll be the one eating and drinking with the king. The disciples, on the one hand, they were blowing it. They were completely blowing it. They were arguing about who was greater. That was the, the dark side of, of that moment. But on the bright side, Jesus was affirming to them. He says, look, regardless of that foolish and childish argument, I must say, you are men. You, my disciples, you are men who have continued with me. You've been faithful to me. You've walked with me. You've done it when it's been very, very difficult to stay the course. They remain loyal to Jesus. They served him faithfully through thick and thin, through trials. And nearly all of them were murdered for their faith. 
Jesus saw their commitment. He told them that there would be a wonderful, eternal recompense for their service. They would eat at his table in the kingdom, and they would become co-heirs with Jesus, exercising authority over Israel in the coming kingdom. And I might add that as it was promised to the disciples, so it's promised to us. You too can earn a great reward by your faithful service to Jesus. Service that is loyal, service that is pure in heart, service that keeps on when things get tough. It's our choice. Greatness now, in the world's eyes, making it all about you, you can have it. You can have it. Or greatness for eternity by becoming a servant of all in this life. Which kind of greatness are you going to seek? Which kind of greatness are you going to seek? In a moment, we're going to take a look at what the kids have drawn, but I'm going to save that for the very end of the service. Meantime, let's pray. Let's think about the kind of greatness that we are looking for. And I'll call up the worship team for a final song. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do, we, we admit, Lord, we're human and we like to be known. We like when others think highly of us. We like it when we're recognized and when we're honored and when people go tell us, great job. It's just in our nature, Lord. It's how you've made us. You, you've made us to seek greatness and to desire that. But Father, we know that we can pervert that quest. And we can seek it in ways that are completely, completely unbecoming of you. Lord, forgive us for the ways in which we seek greatness in this life. Turn our eyes up, Lord. And let us seek greatness on your terms, based on your definition, Lord, of what greatness looks like. And that means to be a servant of all. Father, we all have a choice. Men and women, boys and girls here today, we all have a choice. Whether we're going to be great now or great forever in the kingdom of God. Help us to choose wisely, Lord. And help us to follow in the steps of many at this church who are choosing wisely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you know, one thing about these paydays. These are awful. No, I mean it. These are probably one of the worst candy bars on the shelf. But I chose this strategically. Because if you choose the path, if you choose the path of greatness in the next life, then your payday in this life won't be that great. It won't. It won't be that great. At times it'll be really hard. At times you, you will struggle with that thought, man, am I the only one doing this? Is there a reason why I'm doing this? But then, but then a different kind of payday will come. One that'll taste a whole lot more than this. And that's when the Lord Jesus looks upon your life and says, well done, good and faithful servant. So as you eat this 
disgusting candy bar. Remember that there will await you a far greater reward on the other side if you choose to serve those in this life in kingdom-worthy causes. Children, real quick, come on up with your last picture. Kids, come on up. Come on up. I want to see it. Hold it up high so we can see these ones. I'm going to ask you, who, who did you draw? Who did you draw, Griffin? I draw you. You drew Pastor Neil. That, you, you cheater. You cheater. Who did you draw, Rocco? Thanks, buddy. Your mom. I love that. Who did you draw, Lincoln? Doug. Pastor Doug. Who did you draw, Ronan? The teachers at CBC. The teachers of Coast. Isaiah, who did you draw? I love it. Alice, who did you draw? Okay, give me more names. Who'd you draw? Who'd you draw? I drew, I drew you drew your uncle, Tio. Who'd you draw, DJ? Maella. Maella. Mom, Janelle. Who else? I drew me. You drew yourself. Excellent job. Who'd you draw? Your dad. Haley, who'd you draw? My dad. Your dad. Who'd you draw? Dustin, look at that. Oh, I like his belly. I like that. That's good. Who'd you draw, Charlotte? Um, my dad. Your dad? Awesome. Marley, who did you draw? Your grandma, I agree. It's good to see Carolyn here today. Folks, listen. Thank you, kids. Listen. This is a small payday. This is a small payday. A taste of what you do in this life does matter. Children, as we leave today, would you give that special picture to the person you drew? Would you do that for me? Let's close in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for our children, for our families. We thank you, God, for this lesson that we learned, that greatness is not about who's up on the stage, who's under the bright lights, who's seen by everyone. But instead, Lord, greatness is the one who serves quietly and faithfully and day after day for your kingdom's sake. We know the payday won't always be great in this life, Lord, but we can't wait for the next payday. We look forward to it, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. You are dismissed. Thank you, kids. Good job.